Hey, podcasters. Before I get to the episode, I want to take a moment to address the June 24th Supreme Court decision to overturn Roe v. Wade. This decision stripped away the legal right to have a safe and legal abortion. Restricting access to comprehensive reproductive care, including abortion, threatens the health and independence of all Americans. This decision could also lead to the loss of other rights. To learn more about what you can do to help, go to choice.crd.co. That's choice.crd.co. And I encourage you to speak up on your podcast as well. Take care and spread the word. Hello, and welcome to another podcast pontifications with me, Evo Terra. Topic of conversation on today's podcast pontification is this one. Is your business's podcast worth $100,000? Let me explain what I mean by that. I don't necessarily mean that you could value that at $100,000 worth of advertising. Nor do I think you could sell your podcast for $100,000. What I am asking businesses is, before you jump in to podcasting, are you willing to invest $100,000? Or whatever the equivalent is in your, in your country. That's a lot of money. That's a lot of money. Do you have to invest that much money? Absolutely not. But... If you want to make a podcast that is of value, that's not a bad number to work with. I've been sitting down doing some work on some paper, doing some back-of-the-mouth, back-of-the-envelope calculations to find out what it would really cost. If I'm a company and I want to go all-in on podcasting, and I mean seriously all-in on podcasting, I want to do something more than just crank out a crappy thing. Sure, I could give it to the intern who's probably also writing the blog post and managing the social media, and I could be about as interested in that as I am those other services. You know, I remember when when businesses started blogging back in the mid-aughts. It was for one simple reason. Their websites sucked. Google wanted fresh, relevant content, and they couldn't update their websites fast enough, so they started blogging. And they did a crappy job at it. Most of them are terrible. Most business blogs are terrible, and they don't serve any need for anybody other than the business to say, okay, I'm blogging. They suck. Hence, most podcasts as well. But that's not what I'm talking about. But if you want to break that cycle, if you say, no, we're not doing that, we're going to invest heavily because we feel that podcasting, and by the way, I support this completely. I think that if a business goes all in on podcasting and knows who their audience is and knows exactly what they're trying to convey and engages the audience in such a way to where they make the episodes of the podcast a frequent, not only a frequent thing, but a, necess a necessity in their lives. If they really bake it in, which is not easy to do, but it's doable. If it becomes truly an aspect of their business, which I think it needs to be, to be successful, then that's the level of investment you're talking about doing. You know, I've had, um, I, I work, not exclusively, but all of my new clients, or most of my new clients, are all businesses. And I've been very fortunate uh, uh, helping people strategize their podcast and figuring out how it fits in their business life and then ongoing production of that podcast. I've been fortunate to have lost exactly one client. 
And when I lost that client, it was for a simple reason. I had no idea, he said, how much time and how much work this takes. He, by the way, had never produced an episode. Just the prep work of going through, getting ready to produce a content, thinking about the content, thinking about the concept of his show, understanding all the different pieces and parts that go along with it other than just talking into a microphone, which is what he thought he was going to do. Just show up and talk. Like the words would magically come to his brain. Well, that's not... He discovered quickly that that wouldn't work for him. It didn't work for most people. And the investment in time was simply too much for him. So that got me thinking. And I also have a couple of other business clients who have, they've, they've, we had the limited engagements and they did what they wanted to do, but now they're looking back and they're going, I don't really like what we did, they say, because they didn't put enough energy and effort and money, time into it. So that got me thinking about this topic of what does it really take? If you're going to do it for your business, how much money should you earmark so that you can produce a quality podcast that people will listen to? Because in case you hadn't noticed, the level of quality podcasts that are out there is great and growing every single year. The short head is growing. The quality is growing. At the one percenters, it's the tiny sliver, but those are the ones that get the attention and the audience that they deserve. Everybody else also gets the audience they deserve. Just not the attention. So if you're a business and you really want to do this and you want to do something other than hand it off to an intern or make it somebody else's part-time job, I think it's a $100,000 investment. Why $100,000? Clearly, that's a placeholder number. But here's what it is. I think if you want to do this right for your business, you need to make podcasting, and that means everything, one person's full-time job. One senior level person or one person who has a direct line of access to the C-suite, to the decision makers. You need at least a full, it's a full-time job. It's a full-time job because if you're producing a weekly show, I'm producing a weekly show right now for a, for a, a friend of mine slash client, and we're investing about 25 hours collectively into making that show, 30 minutes long. If you look at the more popular shows that are highly produced shows that are telling true stories and not just quick interviews, it's not uncommon for between 60 and 100 hours or more to be spent on those individual episodes. There's a lot of work when it comes to producing a podcast, and that's production. But if you're a business, you got to get there first. You have to spend hours, a lot of hours, concepting. Going in and talking with the executives in the business to find out what it is you want to do. Talking to your client, excuse me, talking to your customers to find out what it is they want. What is missing in their lives that your business's podcast can fill? You think that's easy? That is not easy. Customer research is one of the most complicated parts of running a startup at all. So why not run this sort of like a startup, at least from the first? Find out exactly what sort of content that you, their, your audience wants and that your company wants to deliver. Then there's the investment of all the equipment and the space. If you just have somebody do this at their um, in at their desk, I, I've done that. I've got clients that record their intros and outros at their desk, and I hear it. I get a lot of echoey background noise. I can't do half of the editing I would like to do with it. I can't edit out the weird pauses and the breaths and the strange things because they're rushing through it. 
and they don't have a dedicated space. So what's it cost for you to have dedicated space and to put the right equipment in place? Fancy microphones like this are the beginning, but you got to soundproof that space. If you really want to go all in, you really got to make a podcast studio. That can't be cheap, right? It's not. Then again, I talked about the personnel, you know, at least a full-time person who's managing this whole process from figuring out the scripts, figuring out the angles, how does it work together, doing the editing on the back end, or, or the third parties that are involved by outsourcing some of this. Your, your full-time podcaster may not be, in fact, probably isn't doing the audio editing and the sound sweetening and all of that. That is likely best farmed out somewhere else. But still, you need someone at the senior level in charge of all of that, writing the script, controlling the flow, putting it together in such a way that it tells that coherent story that your customers want and enjoy. That person also has to manage all the third parties that you're dealing with, from the artists who are doing your artwork to the editors that are working, maybe your script, maybe your voice talent. It's a lot. And then there's the marketing. The promotional aspect, which is ongoing. Yes, getting your show launched. Yes, getting in touch with the journalists that cover your particular industry. Yes, continuing to push stuff out on social media and through email marketing and all your other channels that make it all work together. It's an investment. That much investment. That's why I say, is your business's podcast worth $100,000? If it is, and you can earmark that much money from your business to do it, which you can do. A lot of businesses can. I know a lot of them can't. But if you can afford a full-time person, you can probably afford to podcast. Conversely, if you can't afford a full-time person, if you can't afford the investment of $100,000, maybe not. Maybe you should do something else. Or just lower your expectations. Regardless, I would love to help you do your business podcast. Launching podcasts and keeping them running is what I do. I make shows for firms that lead to actionable business results. If you wanted more information about me, great. Podcastlaunch.pro. Send me an email, evo at podcastlaunch.pro. I'll be back tomorrow with yet another podcast pontifications. Cheers. While Americans overwhelmingly support the right of an individual to make their own decisions about abortion, unfortunately, that right is no longer protected everywhere in the U.S. The Supreme Court overturned Roe v. Wade on June 24th. Abortion is a basic healthcare need for the millions of people who can become pregnant. Everyone should have the freedom to decide what's best for themselves and their families including when it comes to ending a pregnancy. This decision has dire consequences for individual health and safety and could have harsh repercussions for other landmark decisions. Restricting access to comprehensive reproductive care, including abortion, threatens the health and independence of all Americans. Even if you live in a state where abortion rights are upheld, Access to safe medical procedures shouldn't be determined by location, and it shouldn't be the privilege of a small few. You can help by donating to local abortion funds. To find out where to donate for each state, visit donationsforabortion.com. That's donations, the number four, abortion.com. If you or someone you know needs help, 
or if you want to get more involved, here are five resources. One, Shout Your Abortion is a campaign to normalize abortion. Two, Don't Ban Equality is a campaign for companies to take a stand against abortion restrictions. Three, Abortion.Cafe has information about where to find clinics. Four, PlanCPills.org provides early at-home abortion pills that you can keep in your medicine cabinet. And five, choice.crd.co has a collection of these resources and more. We encourage you to speak up, take care, and spread the word.